feelings are not necessarily reliable indicators of truth. This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, coming to you from Riverside, California. Podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we read the entire Bible in a year. How are you today? I got to spend time with the grandkids today, so it was a great day for me. It's good to see you. Our reading today is Psalms 12 through 14, and I'm calling this episode, I Will Sing to the Lord. We'll be reading about David's prayers for help and how he overcame depression and feeling as if he'd been abandoned by God. Of course, we have our On This Day in Church History segment, and I got a boostergram today from somebody who got a kick out of yesterday's episode. Also, I've got a praise report in our prayer time. Shall we begin? Psalms chapter 12 Please help me, Lord. All who were faithful and all who were loyal have disappeared. Everyone tells lies and no one is sincere. Won't you chop off all flattering tongues that brag so loudly? They say to themselves, we are great speakers. No one else has a chance. But you, Lord, tell them, I will do something. The poor are mistreated, and helpless people moan. I'll rescue all who suffer. Our Lord, you are true to your promises, and your word is like silver heated seven times in a fiery furnace. You will protect us and always keep us safe from those people. But all who are wicked will keep on strutting, while everyone praises their shameless deeds. Psalms chapter 13 How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because He has dealt bountifully with me. Psalms chapter 14 Only fools say in their hearts, There is no God. They are corrupt, and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to the Lord. Terror will grip them, for God is with those who obey Him. The wicked frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord will protect His people. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When the Lord restores His people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Well, if we had more time today, I would have comments on all three chapters we read today, but instead I'll just comment on Psalms 12 and 13. In chapter 12, which is truly a prayer, David is crying out to God. Those who've been faithful to him have become gossipers and liars, and being unable to stop the lies, he asks God to cut them off and to stop them in their tracks, as it were. And these liars even bragged that they could not be stopped. They said, we're great speakers. No one else has a chance. Well, doesn't that sound a bit like today? We hear lies from politicians, from the media, both mainstream and social, even from sources that at one time were seemingly bulwarks of truth. 
the medical and scientific communities. They all seem to think that they can lie with impunity. Well, in today's psalm, God heard the liars, and He said, I will do something. The poor are mistreated, and helpless people moan. I'll rescue all who suffer. Well, when God said, I'll rescue all who suffer, David believed that God was speaking to him. And family, I believe God is speaking to us today. The Bible is not a dusty old book about what happened thousands of years ago. It is the vibrant, living Word of God. Listen to the next verse. Our Lord, you are true to your promises, and your word is like silver heated seven times in a fiery furnace. Here, David declares that, first, God always keeps his promises, and that, unlike the words of the liars, God's word is pure and true, as silver is after being purified in the fire seven times. Again, I say, the Bible is not a dusty old book about what happened thousands of years ago. It is the vibrant, living word of God. Beloved, the Bible has withstood the test of time. God has preserved it through the centuries. No other manuscript has as many ancient copies as does the Bible. It is trustworthy. It is true. It is God's Word. Unchanging, reliable, true. James Montgomery Boyce wrote that the French atheist Voltaire once said, In twenty years Christianity will be no more. My single hand shall destroy the edifice it took twelve apostles to rear. He wrote that in fifty years no one would remember Christianity. But in the year, but listen to this. In the year he wrote that, the British Museum paid the Russian government $500,000 for a Bible manuscript, while one of Voltaire's books was selling in the London bookstalls for just eight cents. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon said, Give up no line of God's revelation. Brethren, we cannot endure this shifty theology. May God send us a race of men who have backbones, men who believe something and would die for what they believe. This book deserves the sacrifice of our all for the maintenance of every line of it. Beloved, we could sure use some people like that today, don't you think? People with backbone who speak truth and willing to die for their beliefs. People whose God is the Lord, not the lies that are so prevalent everywhere today. In chapter 13, we find David in prayer again. Four times in the first two verses, David asks, How long, Lord? Listen to the first two verses. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Have you ever felt like that? Have you prayed a similar prayer? Probably most of us who are believers have. Listen again to the words of Spurgeon. Whenever you look into David's Psalms, you may, somewhere or another, see yourselves. You never get into a corner, but you find David in that corner. I think that I was never so low that I could not find that David was lower, and I never climbed so high that I could not find that David was up above me, ready to sing his song upon his stringed instrument, even as I could sing mine. Yes, even David, who's referred to twice in the Bible as a man after God's own heart, felt abandoned by God. But listen, beloved, God will never forget you. Isaiah 49, 14-16 tells us, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? 
Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. So God tells us that he will not forget us, beloved. David felt as if God had forgotten him, that God had hidden his face from him, but feelings are not necessarily reliable indicators of truth. Why had David gotten so despondent and hopeless? Well, the next verse tells us, How long must I worry and feel sad in my heart all day? And that was today's translation, the New Century Version. But listen to the New American Standard, which I think is a better translation here. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? Well, there's your problem. He was looking inside himself. He said, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? He was going over his problems and sorrows in his head. The more you do that, the bigger the problems seem. Haven't you found that to be true? I know I have. Turning again to Spurgeon, he thought of doing a sermon on David's words, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? <laughs> Spurgeon's proposed sermon points were self-torture, its cause, curse, crime, and cure. So Spurgeon had a good sense of humor, too. But David was wise enough to stop looking inside. Instead, he looked up. He prayed, Lord, look at me. Answer me, my God. And a better translation again from the New American Standard. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes. David was smart enough to know that he was not seeing things properly. His spiritual vision was limited, so he asked God to enlighten his eyes. All of us need God to give us more light, more wisdom, especially in times of trouble. So he asked God to enlighten his eyes. And then David ends his prayer with these words. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Notice his closing begins with the word, but. So he's saying, but, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how I feel. And when did he pray this? After God enlightened his eyes. David remembers that, I have trusted in your loving kindness. And despite his feelings, David decides. He said, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. That's an act of will. That's, that's not something that we do from feelings. My heart shall rejoice. I will sing. In the beginning of this psalm, David felt depressed and abandoned by God. Now he is willfully singing joyfully to the Lord. James Montgomery Boyce said, The fact that we feel abandoned itself means that we really know God is there. To be abandoned, you need somebody to be abandoned by. Because we're Christians and have been taught by God in the Scriptures, we know that God still loves us and will be faithful to us regardless of our feelings. Amen. And then David ends his prayer with, because he has dealt bountifully with me. David's new outlook is not without reason. With his enlightened eyes, he sees that indeed God has been good to him. So in this psalm, in just six short verses, we've seen David go from utter despair to having a heart that sings with joy. And how did this dramatic change happen? He changed his focus from himself to God. Beloved, I can tell you from my own experience that this is the formula that works. Don't look within, 
look up. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com. Send an email to steve at lifespringmedia.com or comment on the show notes page for this episode. Our reading tomorrow is Job 9 and 10. Boost! <laughs> Boost! 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 Boost represents the future of podcasting! <laughs> I got a boostagram today from Sean. He said, ha, 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 now a word from our sponsors. Perfect. Happy to be a part of the family. Well, Sean, thank you so much. I'm happy you're part of the family, too. God bless you. You know, you can send boostagrams to me, too, using one of the new podcast apps that all the cool kids are using. Find one at newpodcastapps.com. I have a bit of a learning curve, so if you'd rather keep it simple, you can just comment the tried and true way that I just told you about. Comment.lifespringmedia.com. Email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or go to the show notes page for today's episode. And remember to support the show with time, talent, or treasure. You can find more details about that at support.lifespringmedia.com. Now, the easiest and fastest way to send a donation is by texting 182-921 to 1-855-575-7888. It's really slick, and you can probably even do it while you're listening. But not if you're driving, for heaven's sake. Don't do that. <laughs> I was going to use sound effects of horns honking and tires squealing, but I learned the hard way that people hate that. Way back in 2004, when podcasting was brand new, I did that on a show, and I had several people get really mad at me. I got some emails. But whether you stream and boost sats or text or use any of the other seven different ways to donate that you'll find at support.lifespringmedia.com, just know that when you give, you are helping to spread the good news to a world that needs it. God bless you. This day in church history, September 29, 1770. The day before his premature death at age 56, English revivalist George Whitefield prays, Lord Jesus, I am worthy in thy work, but not of it. And then in 1979, on September 29th, Pope John Paul II becomes the first Roman pontiff to visit Ireland. More than two and a half million of the country's three and a half million Catholics saw the Pope during his three-day visit, which crisscrossed the country. I should be sending out a uh, newsletter tomorrow. If you're not on the list, be sure you go to news.lifespringmedia.com and sign up. Each week I send you a list of the reading for the upcoming week and another tidbit or two that isn't on the show. So sign up at news.lifespringmedia.com. I have a praise today. My mother-in-law, Noni, was much more alert and clear-thinking today. It was her birthday, and she got several phone calls from family members, and all of them are reporting that she was able to speak with them quite well. And by the way, the reason for the phone calls instead of visits, which was obviously everybody would rather visit, well, she's in a facility that requires that visitors are vaccinated or have a test within the last 72 hours. And visitors need an appointment, so there's that. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for hearing our prayers and giving Noni clarity of thought. Praise your name. We ask now that you continue the healing. I guess she's still in quite a lot of pain, so I ask that you bring relief in that area and cause her caregivers to up their game and give her better care. 
And God, I ask that you bless the LifeSpring family. I know that there are needs, and I ask that you would work in your perfect, loving way to meet those needs in each life. Give each of us a greater thirst to know and follow you. And Lord, forgive us where we fail you, and use us where we are needed for your kingdom. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, when you send your prayer requests in, I promise to pray for you with my daily prayer time, and I'll pray for you, obviously, here on the show, so that we can all agree together as we take our requests to God. You can put your prayer requests in at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. I got an email from Harvest Ministries' Pastor Greg Laurie today about this coming Sunday's SoCal Harvest, and I'd like to read part of that email to you because it clearly lays out what this event is all about. Greg said, The Bible tells a story about a guy named Andrew. He used to be one of the disciples of John the Baptist, and then he met Jesus. In fact, he was one of the first disciples to be called by Jesus. But his life was so impacted by meeting the Lord that before he did anything else, he went and found his brother Peter and brought him to Jesus. And Peter would later become a leader in the church, preaching its inaugural sermon. Andrew was a model of faithful evangelism to bring people to the Lord. The SoCal Harvest is designed to be your opportunity to be just that. This year's SoCal Harvest is designed to be a major catalyst for you to bring people to hear the gospel message. For that reason, we're pulling out all the stops to put together an outstanding one-night immersive event. We're going to use cinematic events and bits of storytelling in a way that will capture your imagination. It's going to be a powerful experience, and it's all geared from beginning to end to present the gospel in an understandable way. That's why I hope you'll take this chance to bring people to Angel Stadium or tell them to join you for the live stream at harvest.org. This could be the night they find what they're looking for, life, meaning, and happiness. Make plans to join me for King & Country and Phil Wickham on Sunday, October 3rd. Together, let's bring people to Jesus. That's signed, Greg Laurie. Family, I'm going to be there, and I hope you'll join in on the stream if you're not able to attend in person and invite somebody who doesn't know Jesus to view it with you. If you can be in Anaheim with them, that's even better. It'll be 7 o'clock Sunday, October 3rd, 7 o'clock Pacific time. And I'll have a video on today's show notes page that Harvest produced to tell you more about it. It's an exciting video that really tells the story. Be sure to go to today's show notes page at lifespringmedia.com. Well, beloved, that about wraps it up for today. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. It's been great seeing you. I'm Steve Webb. Bye.